saying my name is john and we're here with three of my buddies from college and i got a taylor say hi taylor hi, hi i'm taylor we got a robbie hello and then a chris hey what's going on and welcome to depends on the topic and so this week's episode will be chris talking about and what is your topic no, 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 no. This is the first one. Is it's all of us. I'm just gonna lead us through some icebreakers, so uh, we can all, I think, get to know each other a little bit better, and it's gonna be fun and uh, fitting with the title of our podcast. Uh, depends on the topic. <laughs> this, these are gonna be completely random, and hopefully, everybody's got a little bit of something different. Um, so I'm looking. Let me just look at the uh, chat here. I'm gonna give you guys a, an icebreaker topic. And we're going to go in this order because it's the order on my screen. Taylor, then John, then Robbie. We're going to start, we're going to start with Taylor being the first answering when I, when I ask you one of these questions. And then I'll, I'll, go, I'll go last for that, too. All right. Um, I'm granted unlimited time to answer these questions, right? 30 to 40 minutes. <laughs> uh, per person, I would say at least 30 minutes. No, let's, I mean, obviously, the quicker we go, the more concise we are, the more questions we can ask, the more fun we can have with it. But I don't want to limit you guys. Like, if it's if it's worth telling or if we're having a good time, let's, you know, let's keep it going. So maybe about a minute, if you can aim for that, it uh, might be good. We can get through several of these with all of us answering. And should we go? All right. All right. You guys ready? Hey, that's pretty cold. It's fine. If one of you guys wants to answer first and uh, Taylor's not quick enough on, uh, on this, let's just uh, let's start it off. Let's see what we got here. All right, guys. Uh, first icebreaker question: What is your earliest memory? Oh, I actually was just talking uh, just the other day with my wife about our daughter, who is now at the age where I believe my earliest memory was, which is about eighteen months old. I have a memory of being on the floor playing with one of those little NASCARs where you push the you push the button on the top and it drives. One time. I described that to my mom. I was like, hey, I have this memory from like really, really early, but it's a house that I don't recognize. And that's important because like you guys, I'm a military brat and I spent my whole childhood moving from house to house to house so I can quickly identify when a memory happened based on where we lived. It's like, you know, ages three to five, ages five to six, and then six to nine, it just based on what house we were in. This was a house I didn't recognize. I was like, yeah, it was a hardwood floor, green couches. But this part of the house, I like kind of remembered enough. And she goes, yeah, that was our first house in New Jersey. And we moved out of there when you were two. So that's incredible. But we identified. So, yeah, that's my earliest memory, pushing a little NASCAR around the floor. That's awesome. I've got a memory. It's not exactly my earliest memory, but I think it's one of the most vivid memories I have growing up. It's a bit of a bit of a backstory here. So... Growing up, my family, like my whole extended family, would we would all meet at my grandparents' house in the mountains of Tennessee, and we would have this huge cookout thing, water slide, all the cousins, and it was kind of popular enough. We would have like the local people, like news people, come out, and I would never, I was never old enough to get on a water slide by myself, and I think it was around six at this time. I was 
finally able to do it all by myself. Before we got the water slide out, you know, we're all eating the food, you know, playing a little game of you no know, wiffle ball. We didn't actually have the wiffle bat. We had a metal bat and we we're using that instead. And so the news guy's doing his thing, doing the weather or whatever. And I'm drinking a Coke straight a little bit too close to my cousin who whacks me over the head with the metal bat. So <laughs> I'm just walking around a, in a daze where what just happened? And then I made this mistake of putting my, my hand to my head. And of course it comes back bloody. So I'm like looking at it in shock. And I just start screaming. I just take off running as fast as I can to like a random direction. To this day, if you pull up the video, you can, while the news guy is doing the weather, you can see me screaming my head off in the background. This is on camera. It was, it was on camera. You got your head with a baseball bat on camera, or just that, ran on camera. Just I just ran on camera. You can see me running in the background, screaming at the guy. Still have that video, or uh, we have it somewhere. We got to find it. Yeah, yes, we, please. Yeah. <laughs> I'll need to share that. Yeah, that was. Uh, I had to get That's five awesome. stitches, and that was the last year we ever had the water slide. So I was never able to get on the water slide. <laughs> That's well, ironically, so serious head injury, and that's your most vivid memory. So. Yeah. All right. <laughs> hey, Rob, what do you got? Some people say I'm a little right. headed. <laughs> my earliest memory, definitely not as early as Taylor's. So my family lived in Germany in the mid to late 90s, and I think that's when I probably had my first memory. We were living in uh, Wiesbaden, where my dad was stationed. I just very vividly remember... The apartment complex we lived in, living, I don't remember exactly what floor we were on, but I know it wasn't the first floor. Uh, I remember there was a basement that had like a clay table, you know, like one of those ones with the foot pedal that would spin around. You could bake clay bowls, weirdest thing, most random thing down there. Remember my dad making a uh, paper mache Death Star pinata for whatever, one of my birthdays while we were there. And I remember playgrounds. It was just a very fun place to play snowed a lot but yeah i would say that was probably so that was probably when i was about five or so not really like a specific memory just more of just generally that area going to going to the earliest days of school there playing on the old school playgrounds where like nowadays kids would it would just be like a insurance you know scam waiting to happen with kids getting hurt you know but yeah i would say that's probably my earliest memory that's nice yeah that's that's cool yeah the old rusty tractor playground uh my my favorite <laughs> and the uh, uh, tires were secured by a rotting piece of wood. No, it had one of those like remember the like the things that you could like spin them around that had just had like a railing around it, and you could just somebody would just run in circles and spin it until somebody some kid went like flying off of it. It was yeah. like one of those. It was a death trap, but it was awesome. So I liked it. Spinning go puke. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's cool. My earliest memory is actually I kind of have two that are at the same time, and I, I know this similarly to Taylor just be growing up in the military i remember a type of house that kind of tells me where we were so mine was in ohio right patterson air force base columbus ohio my memory there's a, there's a good and a bad memory right around the same time the good one is i just remember cuddling with my mom on the porch watching a thunderstorm like with like lightning and thunder but in like rain and all sorts of stuff but just cuddling my mom it was a good it was just good it was comfortable i wasn't scared it was just a nice time cuddling my mom i would have been between a year and a half and like two and a half 
at this point. So it was really around the same time as Taylor, which I think is interesting because my son is almost two years old. So what memory is he having right now that he's going to remember when he's old? Hopefully it's a good one. Uh, I did have one other from that time uh, at that same house. Uh, I remember it was actually an apartment and I remember an air conditioning unit like up on the window catching on fire, filling up the apartment with fire and smoke. And I told my mom about it and she's like, well, our apartment didn't catch on fire, but our next door neighbors did mm. like it. But then it was their air conditioning that it, that it got on fire. Something like, how do I remember that as a 18 month old, two year old? That's it's ridiculous, but very interesting too. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Awesome stories, guys. That's uh, that's really cool. I'm going to change it up a little bit and this one, we will go in order and you don't have time to think about it. I'm just going to start with you, Taylor. I want you to choose. I want you to choose one superpower for yourself, and you don't need to explain it. Just choose a superpower that you want for yourself. Okay. Well, it's telekinesis, so that's easy. okay. Awesome telekinesis, John. If Which you wouldn't you mind, is the ability to move things with your mind. If people don't know. <laughs> well, Indeed. John. All right. So Taylor is a superhero, and he has telekinesis powers. Uh, you're going to tell us what his weakness is. His one weakness. His weakness would be not able to think on his feet. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> That's perfect. You can't use my real life weakness, John. That's not fair. <laughs> no, no, John, we're making up weakness here. Okay. Oh, oh sorry. Oh, sorry. No, that's, that's, awesome. good. that's a good one. That's crippling. Right. <laughs> so they don't have to be crippling, but that's hilarious. Um, thank you for that, John. All right, John, what is your superpower i would say teleportation that's a great superpower teleportation robbie the superhero that can teleport what is his one weakness Ooh, i'm gonna say that he has a food allergy to pretty much that uh, we'll just say dairy because it's used all over the world so got <laughs> <Dead> it <laughs> what an interesting like i feel like so many people can relate with the superhero he he can teleport anywhere in the world but he's lactose intolerant so please <laughs> representation matters Chris. <laughs> wisconsin's off for me off the plate for me uh, but you'd make a great santa except you wouldn't all right that's awesome that's a good one all right robbie what would your one superpower be so this one's going to be lame, but I, I think I've always wanted the, or I like the idea of being able to just fly. So I would say just flying without any, anything, just I jump and I fly. Okay. That's a good one. But unfortunately your weakness is you're scared of heights. Oof. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what though? Is everybody, so this is including my limited experience flying helicopters. It, people who are scared of heights are not scared as often, it tends to be a thing. A lot of pilots have a natural fear of heights, but it doesn't bother them when they're flying. You might be all right, Rob, once you clear that kind of measurable distance of height where you like well, feel. Unfortunately, different. as he is a superhero, even his weaknesses are super. So yeah, it's, it's like it's it's his kryptonite. You can't you can't overpower yeah. it. I just I just have this picture of like Robbie floating like six inches off the ground as he's just flying towards work. You know, <laughs> awesome. I mean, I'm already 6'4", so I can be at least six foot off the ground without being intimidated. So. <laughs> as long as you're laying flat. 
Yeah. So I can at least I can commute down the interstate just watch out for for semi trucks. Yeah. All right, Chris, you you've got the advantage yeah. of time to think. What's your your one? Oh, I've. I've done this. I've done this before, and uh, I go back and forth. But today, I'm going to go with uh, super speed. Uh, mm-hmm. So Taylor, really I, inconvenient uh, for someone that has insomnia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chronic insomnia. Wakes uh, up, everything's oh, wet and sandy. Where am I? Just got to run. Yeah, but I, awesome. but I can fall asleep quicker than anybody you've ever met. Good. I don't know, man. I, I think I could. I could. I could beat you there. I'm a quick sleeper. <laughs> Not super right. sleeper though, so I guess you would have me. I kinda I kinda like these these what if things. That one was fun. So we're gonna we're gonna go kind of along the same lines. Congratulations, everybody. You've been selected to colonize the first moon base based on your very specific one skill. Oh no. Taylor, mm. if you could start off by telling us what is that one skill that they chose you specifically to be the expert in on this moon base and how doomed is the moon base for that choice how doomed that second part of the question i'll have to it's a joke basically okay <laughs> they chose you yeah, to no, be an expert for something and obviously that's a mistake you can't go to the moon without an ancient alien cryptologist so uh, i was an easy choice unfortunately aliens have never been to the moon so that's a bit of a waste Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> an alien cryptologist for the for the moon colony that's perfect yeah all right johnny what's your skill that they chose you for for this moon colony for my fantastic sense of humor. I mean, problem is we're doomed because I can't fix anything. <laughs> so we've got a we've got a comedian on the moon. <laughs> you can fix morale. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's but all right. Like, is that gonna fix the uh, the dome? So we spring a leak. No, but your one liners and your zingers will be super yeah, go. super good. A lot of and good when there is some sort of emergency where they have to sacrifice somebody because there's not enough oxygen for all of you, they're gonna take take you probably. So yeah, you'll save them true. all. That's true. <laughs> And you can team up with the alien cryptologists to start the the moon's first history channel. There we go. It could be like the zany sidekick to him. Hey, Robbie, what's your skill for this moon colony? All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna preface this by just saying any, anybody that knows me for the most part, I've had this conversation with them. I don't care if the Earth is hit by a meteorite going down in whatever capacity. I'm not leaving it. So I will I will play this game. But <laughs> I have a fear of dying via suffocation in a tight space, whether that be in a submarine or in a spaceship. So I would say my skill is just my crippling being afraid of tight spaces because, you know, it's not really a skill, but I don't really have much to provide in this situation because it honestly, it terrifies me going to space. The reason why we'd be doomed is because, I don't know, I would just be wigging out the whole time looking outside, just being like, as soon as something cracks, like John, when John tells a joke and somebody, you know, breaks a window we're just all going to die via suffocation it's going to be when i crack a joke yeah there you go <laughs> taylor and i don't say wavelength there just like our moon tv show oh man what about you chris well a little embarrassing because I, I didn't think about this very much i was just pondering like what you guys would say but i think i would want to be the armorer the gunsmith on the moon because mm. it'd be fun to play with guns and we probably would never use them because they would have horrible consequences firing guns in space can you fire guns in space I, sci-fi things get this different as it can a gun fire in a vacuum well yeah it would but it would be terrible if you were if you were in zero gravity and fired a weapon it wouldn't go well i mean because could you build up the pressure in a vacuum to even get the bullet out of the barrel and would the powder even ignite without oxygen 
so okay so now we're talking about two things one in a vacuum so if you were in your space suit with a rifle out in the vacuum of free space i would not fire a gun that was inside my spacesuit with me <laughs> well okay but you were you if you were in a moon base where a spacesuit wasn't required like oh uh, okay yeah okay yeah i believe um, i i don't know i'm not an expert or a scientist however i think it would fire at least once <laughs> because the the bullet the the action of the bullet's physics happen within the bullet right within the cartridge Okay. I don't think it's relying on oxygen outside of the cartridge to ignite and explode. And the pressure of the explosion would definitely push it out of the gun. I assume it would cycle because it's springs and gas powered. Yeah, I know. I think it would work. I think your bullet would go forever in that direction. And the pressure of the force of the shot would probably cause you flying off into space. But I think I saw a Looney Tunes episode about that one time. I don't know. I kind of thought of that because I read an article. Apparently, the, the Russians sent their astronauts to space with like a three barrel shotgun pistol thing for survival but it wasn't for space survival it was for earth survival when they re-entered the atmosphere because unlike american astronauts that landed in the ocean they landed in like wilderness of siberia and they needed to defend themselves from bears oh geez <laughs> so but they they said it like it would have it would have been horrible for them to try to use it in space because they would have hurt themselves and everybody else but um the show firefly uh they addressed this they had a big issue with it. I mean, like they brought, it was a plot point in one of the episodes and they addressed it by putting the gun inside an extra space suit. So it have oxygen around it. And then he would, he got like one or maybe two shots off as the oxygen fled out of the space suit as he shot. And then we're kind of getting, I just looked it up. It's pretty cool. It's a break barrel three, like you said, three barrel shotgun that also has a spot to attach a machete to the pistol grip on this thing. <laughs> It's the Russian TP-82, if anyone's curious to look it up. That's uh, awesome. Yep. So, Taylor, I don't, I don't know about the physics of that. Thanks, Robbie. So that's definitely what I read about. I don't know. Maybe I'm sure there is something out there that talks about it. And maybe if we find it, we'll post it on the Reddit or something. And Cosmonaut Survivor Pistol. I mean, come on. Right. Know, that's awesome. I want and one now. So I want, to be the, I want to be the armorer on the moon. I'll be making your space pistols. I dig it. Uh, and but they're doomed because I'm not a trained armorer or weaponsmith at all, so it will go horribly. None of it will work. Well, or how about because you brought guns to the moon? Oh, there's that too. <laughs> so it's going to be like like Jurassic Park. Like I thought this was a scientific it's a war zone suddenly. Clever girl. What's that line from Alien vs Predator? I'd rather have it not need it than need it not have it. Very deep. She takes a pistol on her ice mission and i think she uses it against the predator or something but she definitely it comes in handy when all the bad crew members pull out their uh, machine guns let's just say if taylor ends up needing to use his alien cryptography skill then i might end up having to use my weaponry skill true if ancient alien studies turns into current events (laughs) (laughs) out of our depth here (laughs) (laughs) oh man okay let's let's uh let's move on to something else that was fun We'll start with Taylor for this one, too. Taylor, why is your sports team better than my sports team? Oh, no. Oof, this is a good one. Am am I remembering that we're not supposed to say, do I get bonus points if I don't say the team? Yeah, if you can convince me that your sports team is better than my sports team without actually saying what your team is or what sport they play. 
<laughs> I would be extremely impressed. Okay. My sports team is better than your sports team because, A, a player that just did dismally on your team, not dismally, but uh, underwhelmingly for the last couple of years, came to our team this year, and he is leading the league in RBIs, tied for the lead. He's having a ton of fun. And Baseball. Is- you said RBIs. Oh, dang it. <laughs> okay that's all right okay as long as we're already talking that we know it's baseball my team is better than your team because your team only beat us in the wildcard game in 2011 because the worst infield flight call in sports history and anybody that knows anything about baseball history now knows which teams we're talking about okay Shit. all right so I, I liked the first argument better uh because the second one isn't really why your team is better it's just a time they should have won no, I appreciate that. Yeah, I got a player from my team did not play very well when he was on my team, or maybe he wasn't utilized very well. It could be a coaching thing. And then he goes to your team, and he's becoming a superstar. I could see that, yeah. My team is notorious for a wholesome, family-like clubhouse mentality. It's very supportive. They have a ton of fun. They goof around, and they're, they're genuine friends in the clubhouse. Okay. All right. Now, I, I accept that as your attempt to convince me. I'm not convinced that, th- that you're better besides the fact that your team is uh, doing better in all measurable ways. Yeah, that's fine. Johnny, why, why is your sports team better than my sports team? Well, that's a, that's a tough question. I'm not sure if I'll be able to convince you, but here, here's why I think. Because <laughs> you're not convinced. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, it's true. I'm, my sports team. <laughs> I've got my collar here. Well, here, here's what I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to convince you. Sure, my sports team's not better, but everything surrounding my sports team is better than your sports team. And what I mean by that is that it's super family-friendly. All the prices for food are astronomically cheap. Like, you can get a hot dog for, I think it's like two bucks or something like that. And if you like some beer, very cheap as well. And it's indoors, air conditioning, beautiful structure modern conveniences everywhere short walk to downtown for other things to you know bars movie theaters you know fun on the night you know things like that that's why is, i think wait is your sport watching people in walmart at 2 a.m <laughs> maybe might as well Two <laughs> <laughs> okay. short walk downtown count me in man <laughs> uh, let's keep going but you started off with my team is not better than your team and <laughs> therefore i'm not convinced uh, I, so, I can't convince you there's nothing I can do to convince you you don't even know my, my sports team are, is your sports team literally the worst it's trending that way very quickly <laughs> this week it is this week it is alright okay, okay. I, I apologize John I didn't need to bring up uh, that's all right. bad feelings there yeah, alright right. <laughs> Ravi it's, it's the truth of the thing that's okay Ravi why is your sports team better than my sports team Oh, I'm just going to start by saying my sports team is definitely better than John's sports team. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, <laughs> then over to the actual is, apparently. Apparently, yeah. I would say my sports team is probably better than your sports team because my sports team that I'm a diehard fan of has only been around for 25 years, and they've already won two championships. They are consistently, at least in the last like 10 years, they are consistent, uh, consistently above – a 500 record, make it to the playoffs most season. Um, in recent history, they have been the absolute talk of the particular league that I enjoy watching just due to their leader on offense. I think in general, not to get into uh, comparing apples to oranges, I think in general, 
it's a they they would be a more exciting team and I hate to spark this conversation sport in general to watch maybe a couple of the other sports teams mentioned in this group here so I rest my case yeah for 10% of the time per year <laughs> that's true and really it doesn't it doesn't matter who your sports teams are because you know your team is better than my team and so is everybody else's apparently except for John's except for John no what I mean is everybody's team is better than everybody else's team Taylor I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it back around I'm gonna tell you why my sports team is better than your sports team if you'd hear me out oh I hear you out so my sports team is better than your sports team because not only are do the players have more skill they're able to execute the sport just significantly better uh, they look better while they do it the the uniforms they wear are better Pretty much just everything about the team, it's just, it's just better on one side than the other. Um, if we were in a Disney movie, you would clearly be the villain. You should feel bad for liking your team. And, Ouch. Uh, <laughs> Ad hominem. No, Taylor, Taylor, I think, said enough about mine and his teams that particular sport fans might have already guessed. But Taylor, uh, which team is, are you talking about? Yeah, Atlanta Braves, and this being the 2020 season, it's clear... You were not following closely last year, which I, I know that because we're friends. I knew that you weren't following very closely last year. Otherwise, you would have said, my sports team is better than your sports team, Taylor, because of the first inning of game five of the National League Division Series. I was having people over for that game because Clint, that, that, that was like when we were going to move on to the second part. Of, and I know John's about to just say, Atlanta sports. But you guys put up 13 <laughs> runs in the first inning against two pitchers. Like three or four errors, including from Freddie Freeman. Uh, Max Fried had an error in there, I think. We all felt like we were poised to go the distance. I was definitely trying to be a lot more general with it. I didn't. Sometimes, unless you, you know, unless you're a fan of the Marlins, it's pretty much any team is going to be better than some other team at times. So I didn't want to go back to. <laughs> I didn't want to go back. Like, well, we beat you in that one game where it mattered. It's, it's great, just since we're already talking about baseball and the other guys aren't. My favorite sports team is the Cardinals because I lived uh, nearby a couple times growing up in the military. I used to go in there with my dad. So I like the Cardinals just for nostalgia's sake. They're a good team. The Braves are also a good team. They And on this year, they probably are better than the Cardinals. So I, that's why I was easily convinced by your argument. All right, let's move away from baseball. I'm pretty sure, Johnny, what you got? It was the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to talk about it. Let's move on. <laughs> All right, so... My team, yes, I am also in the football realm as for diehard fandom. And uh, my team is the Baltimore Ravens. I've been a Ravens fan for a very long time. I used to live in a town called Shrewsbury, Pennsylvania, which is the very first exit into Pennsylvania. When coming from Baltimore, about a 40-minute drive to M&T Bank. They've been a really sweet team for the last several years. They had a Super Bowl back in 2013. Since then, I've always been, other than a couple of years, have always been extremely competitive. And then in recent history, they have been the talk of the town in the NFL just because of generally the the roster build and the quarterback, Lamar Jackson. So that's that's my team. Cool. Okay, real fast before we close out sports. I've got my Twitter feed up right now. I'm just kind of watching as we're talking. And you guys got to click on this video of Trevor Bauer of the Reds, right? Striking out Christian Yelich after a really bad situation. They had him first and third with no outs. He got out of it and watched his walk off the mound after this strikeout real fast. All right, it looks like he's doing the, uh, <laughs> what's that called? McGregor? Yeah, yeah especially that's right. after that bad of a pitch, too. Goodness gracious. He threw it well, in the air. Yeah, it was, that was deliberate. 
is called for. Like, look how the, the catcher sets up on it. He sets up low on it. No, no, I mean, it, it landed before the plate. That was, but you got him swinging, though. That's, that's cool. All right. Yeah. So what's the, what's the McGregor walk? I don't know that. That's the, that Irish MMA guy. Oh. UFC fighter. So let's man, move man. on from sports. You know, we can probably do a whole chat on sports oh, one day. We'll revisit this for sure. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure it'll come back up. <laughs> okay. All right. Moving on. Completely different topic. Iceberg question. Taylor, what is the best thing that you ever spent money on that you would 100% buy again if you had to spend that money again? Kawasaki KLR650. I got it. It is a 2006 model. I got it with 12,000 miles in 2013. I spent $2,100 on it. This is the year 2020. So that would be seven years and counting, put about 12,000 miles on it, give or take, because I had other bikes at the same time too. But it's the only one I have left right now. I'm actually leaving bright and early Friday morning to go camping and ride that thing with six other guys from around town. It is the best. Okay. Okay. That's a, that's a cool thing for sure. Could you elaborate on to why it was the best money you spent? Because the amount of time that it's bought me out in the woods, just having adventure. If anybody doesn't know, it's an on-road, off-road motorcycle. It's called a dual sport. So it's, you can go on the highway with it or you can go off on in the woods on fire roads and stuff like that. And so a lot of people take them out camping because you can go do the off-road riding thing for the day and then set up camp at night and just buy yourself time out in the woods really easy and comfortably. So it's brought me a lot of time in the woods. You know, I, I had it when I was still in college. I would, you know, leave class and go up and go ride in the mountains a little bit for a half hour, 45 minutes, just clear my head. I used to live on a big piece of land. I would take that to dogs out and run it. But for the price, it was good because you can buy a lot more expensive motorcycles. This is a very cheap motorcycle. It's easy to maintain. But it's done as much for me as more expensive motorcycles have done for me or for other people. That amount of money, I don't think you can have that much fun for that many years for 2000 bucks as I've had on that thing. All right. No, that's great. Thank you. That's uh, a little more what I was looking for because I knew exactly what you were saying and I just wanted you to spell it out. Okay. I'm looking so, curiously through you. It's spelled K-L-R and the number 650. <laughs> just so we're on the same page because I... I think it would be cheesy if you guys used the same answer. John, what kind of motorcycles do you have? I, too, have a Calor 650. It's a slightly new model that is currently being repaired to make it functional again. And my Typical Calor 650, am I right? Yeah, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> the other motorcycle I have is a 2019 Ducati Monster 821. I like it a lot. Okay. And then, Rob, what do you have? Okay, so I have a 2005 Kawasaki Kaler 650, and it is an absolute turd, but I love it. <laughs> um, right now it has a laundry list of things that's wrong with it. It sat for a long time while I was deployed with the military, kind of got it working again. It was burning oil. Now it's the, you know, the, the issues have just been compounding, and my goal is to have it ready by Christmas time to do some rides. The other motorcycle I have is a 2003 Honda Shadow 1100, which is basically just like uh, Taylor likes to call it my Sons of Anarchy LARPing bike. Um, <laughs> it's essentially a uh, it's a knockoff of like a Harley. I don't know what would be, what would that be like? Probably like a, Dynaglide. 
Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like what they would be riding in, in Sons of Anarchy. You know, 1100 shaft driven. I mean, it's a nice bike. It's very comfortable. But yeah, so those are my two bikes. Yeah, so I... Gosh, y'all are going to make me want to buy a Kaler. called a uh, KTM 990 Adventure 2007. You know, it's just based on the one of the best motorcycles ever that's won some of the best off-road motorcycle races ever, but whatever. <laughs> you know, it's not that big of a deal. No, I, I like it a lot. It's it's cool. It's big, uh, for good for like longer trips and stuff. Uh, very off-road oriented, and I'll probably be getting rid of it, and uh, maybe I'll look for a KLR650 after, after I'm ready to, to replace it. Cool, guys. Moving away from your best purchase, Taylor. Uh, Johnny, <laughs> what is the best <laughs> thing that you've ever spent money on, and why is that the best thing? That's a hard, very hard question to answer because there's a lot of things I could put in that category. One of my favorite things I bought, it was the first Republic, Star Wars Republic Commando book, which I believe it was hard contact. It was the. Uh, so, your favorite thing that you bought is a book, which is. Yes. Okay. All right. Why, why, so, but why is that the favorite thing that you've actually spent money on? I've always liked Star Wars. Reading the first Republic Commando, it puts you in the shoes of the clones during the Clone Wars and what they went through and how it relates and how how humanizes them. And it really expands on the Mandalorian culture, which is, I think, is some of the most awesome Star Wars culture exists. And it's really sparked my love for it. Mm. I smell a future discussion topic. I have a feeling we're all going to have very different things as our answer to this question, and I like that a lot. So, Robbie, what was the best thing that you have ever spent money on and you would 100% buy it again? This is going to sound corny, but it'll probably win me some brownie points. Back in 2012, I very vividly remember walking into a jewelry store and buying the engagement ring for my wife, who we have now been married for a little bit over seven years. And uh, she's also now the uh, mother of two children of mine, a daughter and a son. So obviously extremely important. Build a life around it. So kind of important there as well. Last but not least there, it's also Taylor's sister, so that's kind of fun. You can always mess with that. <laughs> I'd like to go back and change my answer. <laughs> no, Taylor, I would have fallen into the bike thing too, but since I'm last, well, second to last, I had some time to think about it. So I would say just as far as, I mean, I was thinking like, oh, what about my house or anything? But that's probably the most permanent thing here on earth that even though I'm I'm convinced that before we die, she'll probably lose that ring, but either way, it sealed the deal. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean it's I, I totally I totally hear you. I would I would agree as well. Like it's the uh, representation of something that is the most valuable to you here on earth, and that's awesome. All right. So yeah, my thing totally different. I love it. We've all got different things. The thing that the best thing I ever spent money on, I would one hundred percent do it again, and everybody who's thinking about it and is on the fence needs to do it is lasik eye surgery oh absolutely i can yeah, second that. i had bad vision it was like 2300 or 2400 it was it was not good uh very nearsighted couldn't even read the clock like next to my bed without putting my glasses on in the morning i got lasik i paid three grand three thousand dollars for lasik which you know as a college guy that was hard to save up that was a lot of money i was sure. <laughs> you know, that was a lot of money back then for me i mean it's still a lot of money but that was a lot, a lot. But I paid three grand and it was the best money I ever spent. This procedure itself lasted less than an hour, like in and out of the, the place. A friend drove me home. My eyes felt like they were on fire. Like the light was just everywhere and it, it hurt. But I, I went home and I, I slept. They, they say, hey, go sleep it off for a couple hours. So I got home. I went to sleep. I woke up three hours later and I could see perfectly. 
And I remember, you guys might remember this because I was so excited. I was like, guys, we need to go out of the apartment right now. I think Taylor, you were, I think it was, maybe it was Potter, but I think there were several of us that just like met up at that neighborhood and we just like, dude, I was on top of the moon. I remember that. Yep. I could immediately, I could see, like I could, I could wake up. I didn't have to put my glasses on. I could see the clock. I could see out my room. It was, oh my goodness. And I still, this is nine years later, I still have perfect vision actually best thing i'd ever spend money on and if anyone's on the fence to doing it i'll tell you even this my mom did it before i did and she was already i think almost 50 but also had bad vision she got it done and now she only needs like reading glasses which is typical when you age anyway so like even for her that late she said she would 100 percent do it again too yeah i want to i definitely want to do that dude it's the best thing Absolutely. Um, and the military will pay for it so yeah uh, then what are you waiting for man yeah exactly what are you waiting for sign up today <laughs> I need COVID to go away, man. Yeah, Stalling everything up. You didn't want COVID in your eyes? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What phobia or phobias do you have? Maybe just your biggest phobia, like actual phobia, if you have one. Uh, Rob, you can go last because you already said one earlier. Claustrophobia, I believe. And you can think of something else because you already okay. said that. Taylor, you want to start us off? Do you have something? Or I could start if you guys want to think about it for a sec. Well, because phobia really supposed to be like irrational okay that's that's true what would be your biggest fear rational or not mm, there's a good there's a good uh robot chicken skit about it where it's like the only thing we have to fear is fear itself and spiders yes okay yeah spiders and then it's like, <laughs> like, like, like okay so we're agreed the only thing we have to fear is fear itself spiders snakes hides drowning <laughs> <laughs> That is a great skit, and it's also a total ripoff of Monty Python's Life of Brian. What have the Romans done for us? Uh, <laughs> education. Oh, okay, besides education, what have the Romans ever done for us? Plumbing. Oh, okay, besides plumbing, besides education, healthcare. Okay, besides plumbing and healthcare and education, security. Okay. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's a good one if you haven't seen it. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think I've spiders? seen yeah, spiders. Spiders? Spiders get to me, snakes get to me, but uh, it's like I just kind of deal with it, and and like if it's a spider, I'll just kill it. If it's a dangerous snake, I've killed dangerous snakes a couple of times being on the lake and stuff. So I don't know. So uh, Halloween's not a good time for you, or you? No, I like lay inside and watch Disney yeah. movies. No, I think um, not Charlotte's Web. Yeah, no, absolutely not. <laughs> the, the devil's work. No, if if there's anything, and I don't want to get like too heavy, but I worry about like just the parental stuff now, like just raising my daughter, right? Like anything dangerous spiders and snakes away from spiders and snakes. Like <laughs> if, anything, if anything dangerous, whatever, like that, that stuff gets me real quick. Well, like I used to like watch parents around their kids when I was, you know, young and knew everything. And I would be like, Oh man, just let the, let the kid climb, you know, the wall or the, the playground. Mm-hmm. They'll be fine. And now I'm like, I, I find myself being helicopter dad, just like standing right. I mean, Got it. She's not even two years old right now, so I think I'll I think I'll back off that later. But uh, I feel that impulse more strongly than I would have thought I would. Just like this this little thing cannot get hurt, and I will protect it from everything. I can totally relate. If I could jump in for a sec, totally relate because and and I think it's even heightened because of my last deployment, my little perfect baby was like nine nine months, I think. Anyway, my last deployment. The day we left, I was on an airplane, like a 12-hour flight to go overseas or longer. We get there, 
I text my wife that were that were there, and she replies with, "So this happened yesterday, the day we left. He fell and got six stitches in his eyebrow. Oh, no. He can't even walk, and he like you know it's falling, getting stitches. So I'm like, oh my gosh, the first day of my deployment, I'm in Afghanistan. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is this can't be happening. I didn't a know week, that. a week later, he he was carrying this little teapot, this innocent looking teapot, nothing like sharp on it, but he fell on it, hit his chin just the right way, and got like two or three stitches in his chin. A week later, one week into my deployment, got stitches twice, and so That's I've awesome. been, dude, I've been helicopter dead ever since. I can totally relate. Totally valid. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Johnny, sorry to kind of hijack. I think your time there. Uh, what do you, what do you got, man? I echo the spiders thing. I hate spiders. <laughs> the second thing, I hate flying. Hundred percent. I hate it. I hate all the turbulence. I, I think the reason why I've come to grips with this because I'm I have no control. I can't do anything, so I'm just, I, I'm stuck there. I know air travel is the safest way to go. But I still hate it because I, I think it's also because I, I can't see the pilots. I can't see what they're doing. So I think that's part of it. Like, I just hate it. That's fair. <laughs> so do you think if you were piloting yourself, do you think that would be different for you? I think it'd be uh, I think it'd be a little bit different yeah. or at least being able to see what they're doing. Yeah, because, I mean, you ride motorcycles and that's scary for a lot of people if they're riding a motorcycle. But then once they learn to ride, it's, it's a completely different experience. Cool totally valid as well i can i can relate for sure robbie did you think of something yet or do you want me to go first oh, i i've got something real quick i do want to i do want to bounce back to the whole claustrophobia thing so i just want to just explain i am not claustrophobic i just you just have to rational fear small spaces if, <laughs> if, under, under, under the circumstance that if for something if for some reason something were to happen in that small space like you know it would just implode due to being under too much pressure underwater or being in space i would die of suffocation no no spiders i'm good with spiders um so anyways so my next fear and this is definitely irrational but i feel like a lot of people could probably relate to this i hate being in a dark place without a light on and just like, 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 okay. So if I go down, go downstairs. So recently, like we, we just, you know, obviously just had a baby. So if I have to go downstairs in the middle of the night to get a bottle for my son, I don't like turning lights on if I just woke up. Cause I don't want to wake up all the way. But if I'm downstairs in a pitch black area, just trying to use my like barely established night vision from just having woken up, you know, just that fear of like, what is around me right now in my own house that has simply safe armed and I'm in a good neighborhood in a rural part of South Georgia. It's just like that irrational, like, there's someone in my house, even though they're not in my house. I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's it's something I feel like I have all the time, just feeling very defensive about myself when I'm in a dark place. <laughs> would you So would you say that you're afraid of the dark? No, I'm not afraid of the dark. I can be in the dark. I think it's just like right when I wake up. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Because like when I, uh, you know, in the military, whenever I've done things in the dark, it's not a problem. I think it's really just when I'm by myself in like a pair of gym shorts, <laughs> just like uh, walking around so my you, house. You feel dark. particularly vulnerable. I guess that's probably what it moments is. Yeah. And uh, not being able to see what's around you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Or you're, or you're afraid of the dark. So it's okay. I'm going to, I'm going to send you a, a nightlight. <laughs> For Christmas. No, we have nightlights in the house too, man. That's a crazy thing because we've got a we got a toddler. We got a three and a half year old, so those are for her, and I guess sure for me. The, uh, but... Princess <laughs> <Peter> <laughs> <version> for him. <laughs> 
Yeah, so I can actually kind of relate to that because, Robbie, uh, that last one you said, the, the, the darkness thing, mine, and Taylor can, can verify this. It's you, know what, <laughs> you know what I'm going to say, I think. I'm afraid of dark or deep or murky water. So water, like, I, I'm a great swimmer. What's um, the term? I, I, I don't know. It's because it's not it's not all water. If I could swim in hundred foot deep water, if it's crystal clear, yeah. But it's it's when I don't know what's around me because there's so much like unknown to in the ocean or in lakes and like that. I get the heebie-jeebies. I can swim really well. I I was a lifeguard for a while. I was on a swim team for a while. I've done ocean, lake, pool, whatever. I am very comfortable being in water unless that water is thelastophobia. Yeah, I would totally say. Thanks for sharing that, Taylor. I would totally yeah, say it. Exactly. How you said it? phobia? I think it's thalassophobia. Thalassophobia is a type of specific phobia that involves persistent and intense fear of deep bodies of water, such as the ocean or sea. Aquaphobia involves the fear of water itself. Thalassophobia sure centers so. on bodies Lass- of water that seem vast, dark, deep, and dangerous. That's exactly what you just said. Yeah, it pretty much is. So... Uh, one example that I know Taylor was there for was learning how to ski behind his boat, his parents' boat at their house, by their house. I kept trying, not for a very long time, but you know, you have to jump off the boat into the water, get into your skis, or your kneeboard, whatever it was, wakeboard, maybe get into that. And then the boat will pull you. And the longer I was in the water and the more times I fell and I had to wait for the boat to come get me and I'm in this like murky lake that I can't see anything around me. And I'm like, I was getting increasingly like honestly petrified, dude. I was, I was freaking out and I don't get scared of very many things. Um, that's happened a couple times swimming in the ocean as well. And it just suddenly will hit me. And it's, I mean, it's, it's irrational. It is irrational. Chris, I would say that it's not irrational and I, and I don't mean to cut you off, but I, I feel like this is important to add to this conversation since this happened at his parents' lake house. I have always been concerned about swimming in that water, which for anyone that's listening, they live off of the Chattahoochee river in Western Georgia. At this address. Very, <laughs> yeah, very murky water. And I have seen alligator gar caught off of the dock at their house. There are definitely some nasty little fish that live in that river lake combo. So So. you're not helping. Uh. (laughs) Well, I think I told you, Chris, when I I was a kid, I was out swimming in an inner tube out there. I was probably five or six. And I felt something touch my leg, which is very unsettling. Yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah. And I started swimming back in. And alligars, alligator gars, uh, alligars, if you don't know, they do this really creepy crest sometimes, straight up sea monster looking crests. And that thing did it inside the inner tube that I was swimming in. Oh, like, it was like right there. It was right there. So I, I left the inner tube in the water as I sprinted on top of the water. It's not, I know it's not completely irrational, but what happens to me inside is completely irrational. It, it, there, the longer I let it go, the the more I can't contain the fear. I went swimming in the Gulf with a friend. We were going to go exercise uh, Gulf of Mexico, um, just right along the coast. We were, you know, barely like we could stand up if we needed to. We weren't very deep. We were just swimming along the coast near where we lived at the time, and we just exercised because we needed to get in shape. We ran a little bit. We were going to try swimming. I started off. I got in the water. We swam for a little bit, and just these thoughts get into my head. Like I thought I saw a fish jump. 
uh oh like i don't know why and then suddenly like honestly we didn't go maybe five more minutes and i got to the point where it's like dude i can't I, I have to get out of the water i can't stay here i'm an excellent swimmer i have no fear about like drowning i have a fear about what's in the water that i can't see and then once it gets like in there i can't get it out i just have to get out of the water so i would say that would be the irrational fear part of it okay real quick before we move on from phobias since i googled fear of deep dark water and brought up a bunch of little phobia stuff on google recommendations if you know, don't answer, but what do you guys think this word, first of all, who can read that? And then who can figure out the phobia? Hippo, Uh It's something to do with a hippo. Yeah, it's clearly clear the fear of hippos. sequidophobia. Here's my guess. Here's my guess. Official guess. Uh, somebody has a fear of a hippo somehow working their way up the pipes of their home <laughs> tub and just basically devouring them while they're just relaxing in the bathtub listening to Taylor's Need to Breathe, uh, Need to Breathe album that he loves so much. <laughs> That's very specific, Robbie. Is that it? It's not it. Um, that phobia, which is... Wait, wait, wait. Oh, okay. let me guess. Yep, it's the fear of long words. It is the fear of long words. Well, I'm obviously not afraid of it then. I can't say it, but I'm not afraid of it. <laughs> Is it really? Yes. Oh, nice. That, I appreciate I appreciate that. <laughs> what what troll of a psychiatrist came up with that you, name? It's amazing. You get that off of Reddit. That's not no, real. It's, it's real. Uh, it's that's real. that's helpline.com. It's that's right there. Up. You you'd think they would have been compassionate and would have gone with like the phobia. Fear of long <laughs> words. The phobia. Phobia, yeah. <laughs> Hyphenated it. No, it's not so bad. That's that's oh, pretty fun. All right, all right. We talked about phobias for a bit. Let's let me look at this list here of some ideas that I had. This one should be fun, and I want everybody to be totally honest because we're not we're not judging people uh, much. <laughs> Taylor, if you could start us off, he says, what is something that you are very bad at? I'm bad at a lot of things. You guys could probably all answer this question better than I could. Um, Easily. Like, <laughs> Call of Duty. <laughs> uh, short-term memory stuff, like follow-up on commitments that I've made or remembering what task I was on when I get distracted quickly. Like you could call it ADHD, and it, that might not be inaccurate, but it's like – I and I'll, I'll, I'll be talking to my wife about something. Or I'll come into a room on a task and I'll be doing something and I'll stop and I'll, be, I'll just sit there for a minute and be like, what was I just doing? And the thread is gone. I can think about what I was doing in the other room, but I cannot remember what I walked into here for. And I know a lot of people experience that. So I, I hope this doesn't sound like made up or exaggerated, but it's, it's a couple times a week. It'll happen to me where whatever I was doing is just gone. And it is the most infuriating thing, especially if I was about to go talk to my wife about something. I go walk to the other room and I'm like, hey, babe, you know, chit chat a little bit. And and then I'll just sit there and hate this feeling. It is so frustrating. Love you. Have a nice day. Like, what are you going to do? Like, it's gone. The train is gone. The ship is set sail, whatever. I guess I'm bad at short term memory in Call of Duty. I've, uh, <laughs> uh, no, I could, I, I've experienced that before too, but I think, I think the point of this maybe is to admit something that bothers you. I, I, I don't know. I don't linger on that when it happens. I get angry at myself for a second. Like, what the heck was I doing? Um, but no, if that's something that bothers you and you feel like, man, that's something I'm not good at and that's fine. Thanks for sharing. Uh, and also definitely call of duty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, moving on, no one needs to answer that question except for Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny, Johnny, what's up? Uh, you, you have fire. something in mind? Well, Taylor kind of took mine because I experienced the same thing to a T, except for the wife part. I'm not married. Still single at this time. <laughs> but I'm <Lady>. also... <laughs> no, uh, I'm also really bad at, at small talk, too. If it's like a quiet setting, there's a couple people I don't really know. They're chatting or they get to like awkward pause. I, I just sit there like, I don't know what to say. What should I, should I say something? I don't... This is awkward. I, I don't know. Jump in? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Just don't know, man. That's, that's great. Really bad at when I get in those situations, I always default to like being super sarcastic and making fun of people, which if, if you read the room wrong, can just be humiliating for me because I've, I've accidentally like cut people down thinking it was going to be like, you know, kind of endearing, fun, sarcastic, and actually hurt people's feelings. And that's just, that's just the worst. Wow. You're not only are you awkward, but you're mean too. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure you did that to me a couple guy, times when we first met. Weird guy just insult me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I i hope i didn't john but i would believe if i, I did because it, it's just like it, it's just trying to fill the awkward space robbie let's think here i mean obviously besides video games that you all know i suck at those a funny one would definitely be motorcycles working on motorcycles i can ride them okay but fixing them i can't count the amount of zip ties that are on the uh, klr 650 in my garage right now holding things together so that's pretty bad but i would say a serious one would probably be internal catastrophizing life events like i catch myself at times doing that whether it be not so much nowadays but maybe you know more fresh out of college you know finances things like that i would end up just kind of i guess catastrophizing just you know one thing leads to another it'll never get better you know which is definitely not good obviously i tend to catch myself so that's good but yeah those i would say those are my uh those are my two things repairing motorcycles and catastrophizing <laughs> Wow, so, so you're bad at fixing motorcycles and bad at being optimistic? I guess that's be the better way of putting it, is being optimistic at times. Because okay. I definitely, yeah. Finding, I guess uh, finding optimism, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Not so okay. much anymore, but uh, definitely definitely in the uh, previous adult years. So No, that's good. Uh, I appreciate So, man, my, my thing seems a lot more lighthearted. You guys are, you make me look bad here. Yeah, it's uh no, it's no, it's good. I appreciate it. Uh, but to my, I mean, it's serious. It's not a joke. What I'm about to share with you, it's serious. It just doesn't seem as consequential as some of that. Dude, I am really bad at doing the dishes. Here's the thing, man. Like my my wife is great at at cleaning things and cleaning the house and like keeping things clean. I don't know if she does it literally because I try to help, and it makes it worse. I I will do dishes to try to help her be like now she's gonna love it she's gonna come home the dishes are gonna be done it's gonna be great and you know and a lot of the times yeah it's fine like so many times she has to like redo the dishes because like somehow i just didn't do them right i don't know what i'm I, like it's so simple and it's such a simple thing to be horrible at i don't, I don't know what's going on does do you think she appreciates the gesture of trying it depends on the day <laughs> she's currently pregnant and emotions are unpredictable. So sometimes uh, I don't know. If you don't watch the directly, it might hit the wall behind you. Yeah, yeah. Like, I tried. <laughs> so I can definitely relate to that because, I, and not even kidding, this was it, within a week of this conversation. My wife asked me very seriously, 
about what the rhyme or reason was about how I put dishes in the dishwasher, which there isn't any. <laughs> there isn't. I didn't have an answer for. Like the bowls go up top because there's not enough room for the plates, and you know, I mean, I don't know. We can do our best, guys, but I don't know. I just think that it's funny. I know all of us have things that we're very, very good at, and there's some of them are very difficult things, and I'm proud of you all for them. But I didn't want to focus on that. I wanted to talk about what we were bad at. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, I I don't know about you guys. I feel like we we've been doing this for a little bit. How about we pick one more and we try to end it on uh, a more lighthearted kind of fun uh, icebreaker? There, you guys, are right with that? Okay, cool. Well, this one, use your imagination. Uh, Taylor, we'll start with you. What is your dream vacation? Just assume money is uh, not a limiting factor. You're just your dream vacation. Another cross country trip with my wife. I got to do it a couple of years ago. Uh, we rode two up on a BMW 1200 motorcycle for six weeks around the country. And that's it. That's the dream vacation. We camped, we stayed with friends, motels here and there. But I would like to do that again, probably in a camper or RV. Both my children, once this next one is born and they're old enough to be able to remember and enjoy it. Just traveling. Next on the dock, it's probably RVing long term. Yeah, that's nice. great. I just, I'm trying to, trying to categorize it in my mind here. Your dream vacation is more of the adventurous, hands-on experience kind of kind of one. Is that what you're? Yeah, no, it definitely is because I've had a couple experiences in life that are high glam, luxury kind of stuff, and I enjoy it. But I, I always kind of feel out of place because I know that's not really me. I'd rather camp. I'd rather make decisions kind of on the fly about where to go or what to go see. Um, so the motorcycle trip was really, really good for that because we had six weeks. We were on our own schedule. We burned days here and there just to either stay and relax somewhere or to enjoy a region a lot more. Yeah. Uh, Colorado was really, really fun. Could could I could I pry a little bit right here? Do you mind? Go for it. Yeah. Okay. That was an awesome trip that you and your wife took. If you consider your baby, does does your mind change and maybe it's not my motorcycle trip anymore, or is it? you know leave the baby with the parents and just go on a trip with your wife well no that's kind of like that's why rving is sort of next the next phase uh until the children are grown up enough honestly to be able to ride their own motorcycles i imagine within 16 to 20 years i dream of doing a family motorcycle trip once the the kids are responsible enough motorcycle riders to either you know maybe ride one of them with me and one of them on their own bike or something like that and go do trips yeah that's the kind of stuff i uh okay and maybe it'll be a long time before that's like safe. You know, you got to have experienced riders to go long distance, but RVing, sure. camping, exploring. Yeah. No, I like it. Okay. Um, and before we go on, Johnny, I just wanted to put out there that I don't think there's, there's not a right answer. Like what is a vacation, by the way? Like it doesn't have to be relaxing. It doesn't have to be exotic. It doesn't have to be maybe even away. Uh, you know what I mean? Like vacation to you. What is, uh, so Johnny, what is your dream vacation? I would like to go actually go back to Ireland because I went to Ireland in 2013, I think, with my brother. We stayed there a week and only covered, you know, a part of it. I want to go back for at least another couple of weeks. It's just so much fun. The people that we encountered were super friendly. And it's just nice to go on, you know, a couple of pub crawls here and there. Cool. That's awesome. I've only uh, stopped through Ireland en route to some other destinations and uh, haven't really gotten to see it. But yeah, I would like to see it too. That's cool. Uh, Robbie, what you got for your dream vacation? I definitely would like to do kind of like what Taylor explained. So I'm not going to like double tap that too much, but going around the country on a motorcycle would be awesome. So second runner up to that, which would be an ongoing vacation slash dream of mine is I 
really want to try and build a off-the-grid type log cabin in the North Georgia mountains that I can just go to whenever just to either, you know, maybe use it as like a hunting lodge or just go get away, just be by myself, take my family up there. Just I've, I've watched a lot of videos of it on, uh, on YouTube and whatnot. And uh, just the thought of having a really neat little cabin to escape to, to me. I mean, I've done like Taylor said, I've done, I've had mimosas for breakfast on a cruise ship. And I mean, that's a ton of fun, but I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd see myself vacationing just in the middle of the woods, no one around, enjoying nature. That's my my dream vacation. And ideally, like I said, a place to just continuously come back to. So Nice. Oh, I like I like that. I can relate, I think, with, uh, with all of you right now. But I'm going to go different from mine. Uh, I think my dream, dream vacation would be a European, maybe Mediterranean, to start a cruise to see all the big things through the Mediterranean. And then if not the, the Northern part of Europe on a cruise, it would maybe, uh, maybe a train through the parts of Europe you couldn't see on a cruise. And the reason for that is because I haven't been able to travel uh, with my wife. Like as, since we've been married, we haven't gotten to really travel anywhere outside of, you know, this half of the United States. I've, I've been to all those countries. I've been to a lot of countries uh, before I met her, but I, I want to go with her to the, some of these places. And it's actually at this point in the world, I actually think it'd be terrifying and not just because of pandemics, but from a security minded protect my family kind of way, I don't want to take her to a lot of these places, but I know she'd love it. And I know we'd have a great time. And if I had to choose, it would be a Disney cruise because they're awesome. Then the kids would be distracted on the boat and we can just enjoy, enjoy ourselves and it'd be fun. There you go. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think that that's a great idea, man. Like, they, I know I've heard great things about Disney cruises as far as like daycares and stuff like that while you're on the ship. That way, you're not just spending every waking waking moment being parents. You can actually chillax yeah. some. So, believe it or not, actually, I think you guys you guys might know this. Uh, our honeymoon was a Disney cruise. Oh, nice! And I, I felt kind of weird about it at first, and then, like, honestly, the kids have so many things to do that they're actually not like a distraction on the boat because they're so busy doing other things. You just, you just have fun. There's not kids running around everywhere. Like you might think, but yeah, anyway, I definitely, so now that I have kids would want to go back to that. Cause and you got daycare. I, I enjoyed this guys. Do you guys, have, do you guys have any like final pretty good round of icebreakers? Pretty much covered all the big topics. People would probably want to talk about. Yeah. Any closing thoughts? Sony didn't get to, comment on somebody's ridiculous football team or yeah yeah i think he gave us room to flesh out our thoughts on this stuff i'm good all right cool yeah i know each other a little bit better and just have some fun kind of getting getting the hang of this uh john do you have anything to say to close us out here just thanks for everybody that listened this time around and next episode we'll go on a little different direction and we'll see you next time on depends on the topic